0: Hey, what's up, fam? Thank y'all so much for rocking with us. This is part two of an amazing episode. Enjoy. Some of the
1: jobs I paid, I brought my own materials. But Mm -hmm. those jobs, I did it. I brought my materials because I saw the guy's camera work from his demo reel. and was like, ugh. So his film looks cool. So if I put some best I could do in there, at least I could get a video reel of my makeup filmed correctly, mm-hmm. like in, in action in a movie, right? Yeah. So those are the ones I brought my own materials. But the rest of them, I was like, you pay for the materials, I'll show up. Uh, I'm only give you a day or mm-hmm. two, depending on if I like them or not. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'll go there, do a monster zombie makeup a lot of times with mm-hmm. some first ones. And then... Uh, um, you know, once you get a video reel and you get a portfolio,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you start putting yourself out in that in that uh that social network of filmmakers locally. Mm-hmm. Eventually, those people will start growing. A handful of them will start growing. They'll start doing movies in Chicago, or they'll start doing movies in Pittsburgh or Florida and Texas this week. Now they get the people know them from other jobs. Yeah. Next thing you know, this guy got an assistant director job in some Hollywood shit. And you're like, oh damn, he that dude, I worked with him on some bullshit ass movie five years ago with like a $25 budget. Yeah. So now he in a position where they're like, hey, do you know any special effects artist? He's like, I got just a guy. And well, then now- he got... Called- yeah, so now that you
0: said, Now that you said like a $25 budget, I'm curious. And if you don't want to say it on here, you don't have to, but I am curious to know how much how much was your how much money did you make on your first piece compared to the money you're making now, the level you are now? You can just do oh uh,
1: what that that's an easy, that's an easy answer right there because. Most artists' first piece are no money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you know you just don't. Hey, look, I give you this painting if you hang it in there a coffee shop and five hundred people go into a day. But hey, don't be putting that shit in the bathroom. I want it up front, okay? I will confiscate my now, shit. Now out you
3: got to pay him to put it in the shop because you want it up front instead of mm. in the bathroom,
1: right? But you know what? I was always fortunate, man. Like, even in the 90s, man, I, I remember there was this deli down in German Village. And the, the guy just bought this deli. He was like, Come down, check out our new deli. And I walked in there and I was eating the food. And he was like, All right, give me your honest opinion, because I know you're an artist. And I was like, Yeah. I was like, You want my honest, honest opinion? He goes, Yeah. I was like, Man, this I go, you gotta do something about this interior. It's fucking gross, man. I go, it looks like an old dirty deli. You know what I mean? I go, you got real plants. I go, think about real plants. I go, they're gonna be half of it's gonna be dead half of the time. I go, just get fake plants. Mm-hmm. I go get this shitty art off the wall. And I had all these paintings that I just had a gallery show. They were in my house. So he gave me his, he gave me his credit card. And I was like, I'm gonna just charge some materials up. He gave me the keys to this fucking deli. And I said, I'll do all. He goes, I can't shut the doors. I go, I'll do it at nighttime. So I would go in after the bars closed when I was all partied up and shit. Go in there, throw in some music. And I started painting like big logos on the wall, hand painted. I, I ran all this creeper vine all over his ugly cracks all in the walls. Uh, took I made hanging plants that were fake did uh put all my artwork on the walls i did menus for the guy t-shirts all kinds of shit he came in like two days later and was like dude this is a totally different restaurant Mm -hmm. dude it was all on a promise that i was gonna hook him up Mm
2: -hmm. it was
1: it was the coolest opportunity but then they were getting write-ups and shit i was getting mentioned this and that you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um But, you know, I I stumbled into something. I was working at Ticketmaster when it first came to Columbus. And somebody saw that uh, I went to art school. And they was like, "Uh, hey, can we get you to do some cartoons? So I started doing all these cartoons for Ticketmaster Phone Center. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Columbus had a hockey team called The Chill. And they were coming there to get some tickets, start selling tickets. And they were looking for a program artist. And so I started doing the program art, which is the Columbus Chill basically became the Blue Jackets uh, NHL hockey team. It's the same people, you know. So I was on their program design and I made their mascot and shit. <laughs> and I had like zero college degree. But, you know, it was all being social and networking, man. And think, sometimes
0: networking is key, though, Todd. Networking is key you know life.
1: you know what you know what I tell everybody sometimes all you gotta do is ask mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. my that's my line
0: but like, sometimes sometimes networking can get you in places where a degree cannot you right. know just starting to network, but I have a question for you, yes, so you a lot of the pieces that I've seen a lot of pieces that you know my ten year old grandjoy that's one of her her things is she loves um fx and she loves working with latex and fake blood and you know and and so she's been dabbling with that a lot herself but how
3: how messing did you m- messing my house up by the way i'm just gonna
0: <laughs> how did
1: you get in hey look you, hey, you it's gonna look like this in about a year <laughs> no, no, it's not. We quiz. told her yeah. we put
3: her in the garage. Right, I'd, rather, I'd, rather, uh, I'd, rather, I'd rather... As soon
1: as Uncle Todd gets done corrupting them uh, special effects muscles.
0: No. Even her oldest sister don't allow her in her room because she's she has slime. She has latex. She has fake blood. She has prosthetic noses. She has uh, a little... Dummy yeah. head things that she works on. So, all this
3: clay slime, yeah, uh, create recreates the slime. They buy the slime at school, they bring it to her, she mm. create yeah. it, puts make it make it do things, and mm. then sends mm. it back to them for some money. Well,
1: you know, you know, what's funny is uh, one of the things that feels good about getting the, as much notoriety locally that I have been getting, um is being able to do, like, you know, uh, I wouldn't call it philanthropy or not like that, but giving back to the community type thing. Right, right. Absolutely. Because one of the things that sucked for me was when I wanted to do this, like, years ago, I I showed my mom this Fangoria magazine that they always showed you, like, the the behind-the-scenes. Right. This is before VHS... Special features, you know, this before DVD special features, right? There's no behind the scenes. Uh, Back then, you only learned about what people were doing in the magazines like Fangoria, Starlog magazine. And my mom had bought me a subscription to it, right? But I had showed her this ad in one of the magazines. It was like Stan Winston's, Al Nel Lay. Man, it was like 20 grand. It was like a year and a half. She was like, baby, you got to live out here for a year and a half in California. I'd have to move. You're even too young to go. So my dreams were crushed, right? And uh, so she bought me film for my camera and clay so I could make some clay movies. Got me a subscription to Fangory. Did the best she could do, right? But I I look back on that opportunity, um, you know, just being an inner city kid with limited uh, resources, you know, having a single mom and stuff and wanting to do something like that. Uh, and where I know that if I was in a well-to-do family, uh, there would have been no question. I would have left high school and I would have went straight to Stan Winston. And this, this road to that, to all where I'm going, where I'm at now would have already started Mm. 30-something years ago. You know what I mean? But it's never
0: too late, Todd. It's never too late. No, it's not. No, it's not. I
1: was almost 50 when I made that decision to sell the food trucks and the restaurant equipment and buy latex and and, uh, air compressors and go on YouTube and start playing around. Mm -hmm. And I played around with the idea about going to one of those schools, but YouTube was there. And I felt like I was learning enough shit off of youtube that was getting me through and you know so and then once i did the uh internship with that guy out in la Mm -hmm. i came back and i was on fire you know what i mean and um but what i'm trying to do now is like you know i go to columbus public schools and i'll do career days i'll do it at uh charter schools I'll do it at private schools. I've done them with uh, you know, religious schools. Uh I do a lot of stuff with Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts. And um uh, I do team building for uh for corporate corporate defense. They do team building and I'll I'll do a go in and do a special effects lab for them and do something quick like zombies and stuff like that, usually like entry level uh kind of monster they ain't got time to sculpt something run a mold and cast it you know Mm. paint it you know and that's a little bit more intense but um we're trying to give back to the community i I never say no when it comes to little kids that want to learn this Mm. uh i've even done them for kindergartners and um I bet you so, that's messy, huh? That's real man. Uh, <laughs> the that's
0: messy. The kindergartens are messy.
1: Right? <laughs> no, you know what was funny is when they asked me if I could do this, uh, it was called Liberty Kids or Liberty Children or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was uh it was like a summer camp for kindergartners. They was like, Can you come out there and do something? I was like, damn. I was like, Well, it can't be nothing bloody. I was <laughs> like, What could I go, what can I do to Tell these little tiny kids what it is I do, mm-hmm. right? So I was—I started with a movie, and there's a there's a behind the scenes film of uh, Roddy McDowell on the first Planet of the Apes, which was like my favorite movie as a little kid.
2: Mm-hmm. When
1: I saw like Planet of the Apes come on, or like if I saw like a uh, Ray Harryhausen movie, which is all play animation, like Sinbad and all that right. stuff, mm-hmm. where they had the, the skeletons were, like, fighting and stuff. I, yeah, I It just amazed me how they could make that happen, right? And so, I was like, so, man, that's something. I think these... I I dug it as a kindergartner. These kids should dig it as a kindergartner, right? So, I show them this film and it's it's... Uh, somebody doing makeup. Stan Winston or one of those guys, doing the original makeup for the test makeup on Roddy McDowell for the first Planet of the Apes. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it almost never got filmed, but Roddy McDowell just happened to have a 16 millimeter movie camera and set it up on a tripod and filmed the whole thing. Right.
2: Wow.
1: And um, so I showed it to these kids, and I showed it, sped it up a little bit, because you know short attention yeah. to theater right? And um, I was like, now watch this guy. They're going to turn that guy into a monkey. And they were like, what? And then they started seeing that I would explain to them what this guy's doing. And all of a sudden it began, it, it kind of became like my, I ended up getting an a instructor job at Columbus College Art and Design.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like my second year doing all this stuff. And uh, created this class there. And it was the only special effects class that anybody in Ohio ever offered, yeah. right? And so I created it. I didn't even have a teaching degree, but sometimes all you got to do is ask. Yeah, you just yeah. got you know? to. And I went in there and I opened my mouth and I had a, I had a curriculum lined up and they couldn't say no, you know what I mean? So I was teaching high school and college kids the same way I'd show them this Planet of the Eggs video, right? Mm-hmm. And then I turned myself into a monkey right in front of them. I had the gorilla prosthetics. I put it on my face, paint it and shit. Be like, da-da. And they'd be like, damn. Yeah. So
0: that's yeah, why that's that's, that's one reason why I thought you would really, really be good on face-off. But so let's yeah. switch gears a little bit. So I have I have two questions to ask you. The first one is: I know that you had the opportunity to recreate the predator for Arnold Schwarzenegger um, <laughs> opportunity. So talk about the, give, give us about a five minute overview and talk about that. And then oh. after you tell us about that, I want you to, to tell us about your haunted house venture that you, before we wrap up.
1: I would tell y'all, but I don't think y'all ready. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <nah>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so listen, so um, my second year in uh, start in the special effects mm-hmm. uh, here in Columbus, Ohio, they have the Schwarzenegger uh, Fitness Expo, mm-hmm. which is like the biggest fitness expo in North America, blah, 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 P- probably the world, right? People come here from all over to compete. Now, one of the things that they do there is they have this special event for body painting. And there's a lot of guys on there, like, coming there from Face Off, from uh, that body painting show called Skin Wars, mm-hmm. uh, they, which is actually owned by Face Off, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, I was competing with guys like that, right? And I heard about the competition, and the lady goes, well, yeah, we've been wanting to open this up to special effects artists as well. You know, and instead of just body painters, because right. they wanted to bring somebody to do prosthetics, right? right? now, the only problem with that is they didn't have uh, a criteria for judging what it is I do, you know, so they judge me the same way they judge the body painters, yeah. and I'm not taking anything away from the body painters, but body paint's pretty much the same thing yeah it's uh they do some kind of optical illusion with the paint which ain't easy. Right. And then there's like murals, a mural painted somewhere on the body that works with the contour of the body. That's not easy neither. Right. Mm-hmm. And usually followed by a big carnival headdress of some sort mm-hmm. and something else. Right. Right. Basically that was body painting at that time, you know? So I was like, well, I can mix the body paint with sculpture, special effects, uh, fabrication that I do. Right. Mm -hmm. So I went into it like, well, I'm not going to do a body paint because they just told me they're trying to attract special effects artists. Right. So I got to flex half of my special effects muscles, half of the body paint, uh, stuff that I'm really not that great at. But if I fabricate my, uh, prosthetics the right way, it really wouldn't need that much body paint. Right. So, um, I had just came back from LA, did, just did my thing. Um, and I sculpted that predator and um, I did it in silicone and I found this this guy. Uh, he was uh, six or seven foot one. He was he was like just big diesel dude, you know what I mean? What right. like a tall, skinny guy, he was he was real muscular, he was seven foot one. I put him in five inch platform boots to make him even taller, menacing. And then, uh, so the, uh, the theme of the body paint for that year was Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Yeah. And so you could pick any one, right? Right. So I figured people are going to go for the obvious shit like Terminator, mm-hmm. um, you know, Predator. Yeah. And I'm like, And then, you know, that was the obvious visual choices, right? And so I was like, I'm going to do both. I'm going to do Predator mixed with the Terminator. And then I'm going to take my favorite Schwarzenegger movie, which is Total Recall. Right. And I'm going to add some Total Recall to that shit. So Ah. I made made a chrome, like, you know, Terminator was like a chrome skeleton. Mm -hmm. So I made my Predator chrome. Like the Terminator skeleton.
2: Right. He looked
1: like my, my predator looked like he's made out of metal. And okay. then he had this armor on, shoulder pads. And when he turned around, there was a little cryogenic, like, uh, uh, uh cryostasis uh, stasis pod, you know, like when they freeze yeah. you when you go in outer space. Yeah. And it had Quano, the little guy from Total Recall Total that was Recall. on the news. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It was like his little conjoined twin. He was like, Wade. Wade. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, he looked like a little shriveled up mean baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I only had that removed at age two weeks. Okay. <laughs> I One of us got to go. Yeah. But uh yeah, so I had I had Quado, I sculpted a and I had him in this little pod on his backpack. And it had lights in it. And I, I rigged up this thing where smoke would come out, like CO2 would squirt out of the costume and shit. Mm-hmm. It was dope, right? Killer intro song. I didn't even place in that competition. Are I was you? pissed. I was so pissed. They even gave out a fifth place. And I didn't even get a I didn't even get a fifth. Mm-hmm. I was like, not even it's a fifth. Because they didn't know how to judge you. That's it. Now do because you, do you have pictures
3: of that that we can put on our social media?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's all on my uh it's all on my Steam Powered SFX Productions uh page on Facebook. Wow. But I'll pull it up and I'll send it to you. Okay, okay, I appreciate it. Because here's the thing, I walked out of there pissed, right? Because I had worked on that prosthetic and fabricating his boots and his uh utility belt. Mm-hmm. And his uh and the shoulder pad system. Like I had to sculpt the predator, I had to sculpt Quado, I had to sculpt his armor, mm-hmm. and then I had to apply it and body paint the rest of his body to look like metal, right? right. right. And I had it, it had lights on it, it squirted smoke out of it. Nobody shit was doing that, right? <laughs> so They didn't know how to judge all that artistic effort that I had put in to the prefabrication, which is what special effects artists. They didn't know how
0: to judge you. They didn't have what to do with what you did.
1: Right. So I was like kind of pissed. And then we go, we get ready to walk out on stage before they announced the bodybuilder champion of the world, you Mm -hmm. know, who took the most steroids this year goes to... (laughs) 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 Yes. <laughs> <laughs> i ain't saying they all on steroids but i am Neutral <laughs> bro. Yeah. anyhow so we walk out on uh we walk out behind the stage tv cameras are there all this mm-hmm. stuff we're waiting to walk out on the stage and all of a sudden i see all this security detail walk in i was like damn who's here jimmy carter <laughs> and I I was looking around this shit, right? And I was like, damn. I was like, there's a there's a little tiny guy in the middle of all those security guards. I was like, right. who are they protecting? Man, it was Schwarzenegger, man. I thought he was like, you know, at least like 6'2" or something like that. I was like, man, Terminator come up to my nipple. <laughs> I'm like, I ain't know he's that short. Right? <laughs> but him and Stallone, both of them short, man. Tom Cruise, all them, Jamie Foxx, all them dudes are short, man. It's crazy. But, um, uh, uh, you know, they just look so much bigger on camera. Anyhow, he walks up and... Standing on boxes. Yeah. He walks up and uh, his security detail spreads out. and He's looking at all the painted... Uh, you know, body paint chicks, they had their boobs out and shit, you know. And so I was like, oh, he just trying to get some cheap looks at, at the boobies, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then he was kind of like, well, okay, mm, I'll give those a five. And yeah, you know, he's just walking through. And then all of a sudden he looks at my guy and he goes, Oh, this is cool. And then he <laughs> walks up and he walks. <laughs> he walks right up to my predator, man. And then he takes out his camera and goes on TikTok with it, right? Dude, it had like 5 million views, right?
0: Oh, my God.
1: And, and then we go out on stage, and then he comes walking out of the crowd when they announce us, and, you know, uh, everybody's applauding. He comes walking out, uh, out of the front row, comes up on the stage, and walks straight up to my Predator again, and turns around with his phone to take a selfie. Like, oh, uh, I should have gotten a uh, selfie of this backstage, but I wasn't thinking at the time. <laughs> okay, good. So you got yeah, a good, so you, good impression. You, you got him down, man. He was like, I got to get this selfie and get to the chopper. No, <laughs> so he was like, he, he, he was taking a selfie and I had my camera ready and I ran out, jumped in front of him and I took a selfie of me. of of me and Schwarzenegger, of him taking a selfie of my Predator, right? It was so awesome. But that's on the Facebook page, too. But then, you know, when I walked off the stage, I realized, you know what? Man, I ain't worried about what the judges thought. I wasn't worried that they told me they wanted to attract special effects artists to that competition. Then they turned around and treated me like what I did was trash compared to just impromptu paintings that these guys did on these bodies in a couple of hours. Yeah. They had no clue that when you apply prosthetics to, to a model, sometimes you're in the chair for six to eight hours. Right, right. I didn't have half of that time to apply that shit and the body paint the rest of his body. Not to mention the weeks prior that I put into all the fabrication. Mm-hmm. None of that shit mattered to them and their little criteria. And I think they were kind of hating. And I was just like, you know, whatever. But man, when the actual dude from the Predator, the dude that produced it, comes up and goes, this is cool. and puts me on TikTok. (laughs) He didn't do that shit for nobody else in the room. Right. And it was all sitting there sour. I was like, you know what I'm saying? Hey. Yeah, this is the only judge I care about. So yeah, y'all you know, can take, go, place right there. Hey, take your little one through fifth place and, you know, put it on your mantle and try to be proud of it. And uh, in the meantime, uh, every time I want to relive this day, I'll go to Arnold Schwarzenegger's personal TikTok page mm-hmm. and relive it with the 5 million views it's got.
0: Yeah. You yeah.
1: know what I'm saying? And that's all that was all the validation I needed and bro.
0: and that and that brought more exposure to your art as well, you know what the
1: thing was was like I didn't receive any specific exposure from that competition per se. Mm-hmm. but the idea that i'm I'm in a Ten degrees of separation circle on social media right. with people that are working mm. uh, special effects artists in the in the Hollywood industry and in the bigger bigger uh, bigger platform. Uh, I'm, I'm in a in a circle with them, mm. and they're seeing me on stage with Arnold Schwarzenegger doing selfies of my work, and then they're also seeing me on stage with competitors from skin wars and face off. Yeah. So, uh, so in my first year automatically way, anybody thinks if I was good enough to be there or bad enough to be there, I got what it takes to be on the same stage as these people.
0: Absolutely. So they
1: ain't got no cape hanging off their back. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. You know, they, they ain't from another planet Krypton. They are from earth. I'm from Earth. I got the same set of skills. You know what I mean? And I deserve my right to be there whether your judges agreed or not because right. Terminator came out and said it was all good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so Todd, talk to us a little bit as we head toward our wrap-up. Talk to us a little bit about your visit- Hunger Holler
1: yeah. Farms.
0: Yes. Hunger your, Holler Farms, your hun- wait, your haunted house, is it going to be in Columbus, Ohio?
1: You know what? It's forty forty five 45 minutes north of Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Is a little, uh, a small town mm-hmm. uh, uh, called Mansfield, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And I used to go there a lot when I was a kid because my family would go camping outside of Mansfield uh, at Mohegan uh, State Park and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so we would always drive through it. It always looked like one of those towns off the uh, country time lemonade commercial. You know wow. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, Hey mayor. Hey <laughs> Sally, how you doing? You know, everybody know everybody. It just kind of looked like that little Norman Rockwell piece of Americana. And, oh, I was always intrigued by the town. And uh, Tanya's family has a horse farm. Uh in that same on the outskirts of that city. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's what kind of started drawing us here. We got a real good friend named Victoria. Uh, she works for the uh, art sector there. She ran across me on social media. We started doing uh, the art fair with them downtown. And then we were doing a lot of stuff with the uh, Mansfield art center. It mm-hmm. we became a part of the art sector and that, Happened to be right around the time we were revisiting the possibilities of opening our own haunted attraction, uh, because we had planned on doing it and then covet happened, so we had to pump the brakes on everything, put it on the back burner. But we never stopped refining our uh product that uh for the haunted house. You know, the business, now, will the haunted
0: house only once you open it though, Todd? Will it only be open for during that Halloween season, or is it a year-round thing?
1: That That's going to be something that we'll only we have open during Halloween season and special events. Now, um, we were fortunate enough to get with um, our business partner that owns the building. Mm-hmm. He bought the historic uh, Westinghouse factory. And the Westinghouse factory At one time, I mean, the factory had been there for like a century, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, The city of Mansfield probably wouldn't exist if it wasn't for that factory. You know what I mean? Um, Everybody's parents or grandparents in one way, shape, or form worked there. You know, so it was a very integral part of the local economy in that city. And uh, shut down in like the early 90s. It stayed abandoned uh, for all that time. A uh, guy we know bought it, and he wasn't doing anything with its five floors, so the top four floors, there hadn't been any um, anything really done in it. You know what I mean? He was renting out the first floor, and he was kind of comfortable with that, and he had other business ventures that he was working on. So I approached him with, hey, um, if you could – Work something out with the lease. We'll make you a percentage partner, right? Mm -hmm. And this is our this our business proposal. Mm -hmm. And so we showed him what we were going to do, and it seemed to be a win win situation because, uh, you know, the place had been abandoned for thirty years. There had been some roof damage, Mm -hmm. so aesthetically, without us even coming here doing anything. It already was scary as shit. You know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Like I'm gonna tell you. Look, I don't scare easily, but but I am half black, so I'm very cautious when it comes. Because when I'm in when I'm in that factory with a bunch of white people, I know that the half black part of me will, means that I get killed first in that horror movie. Yeah, hands down. So I'm like. I mean, the daytime is scary. You understand what I'm saying? Like, it's no joke. I get bad vibes in there. Uh, (laughs) So we had this uh, uh, clairvoyant. She came in uh, with a ghost hunting team. And, you know, I think these guys did something on uh, Travel Channel or uh, one of those channels at one time. So they brought all this ghost hunting equipment, she had been doing uh cold case fouls for the police for like 18 years. Yeah. And so she'd be like, Oh yeah, the body's over there. And they'd be like, damn, how'd you know that? You know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know, the ladies like the real deal. Right. And, um, we took them through there. And, uh, I remember at the, after we walked through, and we were saying our goodbyes. I was like, Hey man, did you guys pick up anything? He goes, well, Todd, he goes, uh Normally, it takes us two or three times to uh, get a bad vibe or get something, some kind of reading. I was like, oh, he goes, I go two or three times. What? He goes, sometimes we have to come back and come back to the same building till we, till we even get a reading. And I go, wow. I go, did you gain readings today? He goes, man, we got like five in like 30 minutes. I was like, damn. <laughs> yeah. So, according to them, and according to the people that work in there, there's some uh, strange doings that go on in the building. And it's now actually... You make
0: it, now you're going to make it even stranger with the haunted house.
1: And I'm hoping it doesn't disturb the spirits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, every time I walk in there, I'm like, Hey, spirits, it's just me, Todd. <laughs> uh, just coming in here to fix the place up. Uh, um, now that's it.
3: I'm going to tell you... Uh, you from, got me itching. Oh, from, God. From this white perspective, I won't even go there. So I don't know what that means. You know, I'm not. Dude. Oh, look. Look over there. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not going to be me.
2: Let's go check <laughs> out the
1: chainsaws. No. Let's investigate. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Scoop. Hey, let's split up. Shag and scoop, you go that way. I'll take, <laughs> I'll take all the hot chicks, and we'll go this way. <laughs> yeah. So, Ty,
0: so, Todd, when do you expect it to be open and ready? We're for, opening um, and, and ready for people consumption. We're we're gonna be open uh, uh, September.
1: So, it's the middle of September, mm-hmm. usually haunt season runs about six weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, that's usually a uh, haunt. Uh haunted season, but the reason why we're not going to have it open is because um, all year long is because, number one, it's a tad bit overkill, Mm -hmm. and the cool thing about my haunt, or me and Tonya's haunt, and our partner Ty and our partner Joe, the cool thing about this haunt is... It would be hard for me to say it's the biggest haunted house in the United States because I don't know the actual uh, statistics on that. But let me put it to you this way. We're utilizing over 100,000 square feet. It spans over three different levels of the uh, haunted attraction of the the factory itself. Mm -hmm. Um, We actually created it with like stuff the way our monsters are presented to you, um, the way they scare you, uh, we really went in depth and designed um, the whole process that has never been done before. It's completely original. It has a storyline that rings out from the time you're in the line to get in. Mm -hmm. We have video screens and each section gives you another chapter. Mm-hmm. Uh, of the background of this factory that you're about to take a tour through. And it takes place in uh, like mid-century, like the 1950s, mm-hmm. post-World War II. It's like got a retro futuristic vibe. Like it's kind of like Leave it to Beaver, but kind of like the Jetsons. Right. So when you when you go in, you're taking this tour through uh, like Campbell Soup, or Willy Wonka, right? Mm -hmm. So you're going to take this tour to America's number one food company, food manufacturing company. And then all of a sudden alarms start going off and then you got to escape to the evacuation platform, uh, to evade any kind of harm or whatever. So that's the whole theme of it. Uh, you get in there and there's, uh, the monsters, uh, you know, our you know, actual lab experiments that you know, that the scientists are putting in the food.
0: (laughs) You 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 get to see do you feel, Todd? I know that you're the one who are putting a lot of the monsters in there, you and Tanya and your business partners, but do you feel it's gonna be super scary? Like people are gonna be talking about this haunted house till next Halloween. You know what what I think is
1: What's up, y'all? It's me. I'm a grandeur. Speaking of graduate you should get the book on
3: DiversLove.com, Amazon, Target, and Walmart. You should listen to the podcast too, Truth and Coffee Time. It's on Spotify
2: and Apple Podcasts. Bye bye. See y'all later.
1: There's there's people that are calling us right now from Florida from. I want to say Michigan area and somewhere else on the East coast. I want to say, but there's people that are enthusiasts for this and they get in big tour buses and they go to one area of the United States every weekend and they hit several haunted houses. Mm -hmm. And then they go back to Florida. We already have bus companies contacting us about coming. And they don't even know what we are yet, you know, because the wow. web because the website's still up uh, under construction. But we have the Facebook page, and we have kind of been le- leaking little snippets, right? What
0: and What's the Facebook What's the Facebook page name,
1: Todd? Uh, the Facebook page is Hunger Holler Farms. Hunger Holler Farms. H U N G E R H O L L E R and then farms. Okay, gotcha. So it's it's basically the name of our fake food company mm-hmm. that you're going to take a tour through, uh, see how all the foods made. But it's all, when you get in there, it's all like gross food, like spam and you know TV dinners with the metal plates and mm-hmm. you know uh, like uh, canned fish, like stuff I think's creepy. You yeah. know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. so that's what all the food is. And then you get to see the stuff they're using to make it because we got a crazy German scientist that defected after World War II. Mm-hmm. And he's actually working with NASA because they're they're trying to make food for outer space travel and colonizing the moon and Mars and all this stuff they talked about doing in the 50s right after World War II, right? Mm-hmm. And so w- along with that comes... Uh, gene modification because, you know, bodies have to be able to adapt on different planets with gravity. Uh, There's a certain kind of, you know, when you're in outer space, you don't use your muscles. That's -hmm. why they have them on, like, you know, uh, bikes and stuff like that, because they're they're on zero gravity. Their muscle could deteriorate. You know, when you're in uh, less gravity, Mm -hmm. your your bone, uh, your joints separate sometimes, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, these are things that they have to take in consideration. Mm-hmm. And you find out that our scientist was doing like German super soldier experiments over in Germany, mm-hmm. you know, and then he defected here. So now the government here and NASA is giving him like carte blanche to carry on some of their little freaky experiments. So, you ever see the movie Island of Dr. Moreau? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's. It's like Island of Dr. Moreau, but with like farm animals. <laughs> well,
0: it seems like yeah. y'all have put a entire storyline and so much work into it. So now on the launch, Todd, are y'all having a big opening to launch it? Like I know you are a music head as well, and you've been yeah. in the band, you've been you've been rapping, right. you've been on on tour. So when y'all do your your opening, will y'all be doing your Opening a big one with music and the whole nine. How are y'all planning that? Well,
1: you know what we're doing loosely what we're doing. Um,
0: and this is gonna be
1: a toss-up. I I've got a rock band that I've done, they're a national sign rock band, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um I've done several videos for them and tentatively we were gonna have them play our opening night and do a two for one ticket. So you buy the ticket to the show, mm-hmm. you get the premiere preview night of the haunted oh, house. No, you're you the first that. ones you you're the first ones to walk through and you get to see this dope ass band. Right. Now, I'm not sure if they're gonna be on tour and out of this side of the country come that time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So we've got Uh, a local guy that we like completely love Mm
2: -hmm. we love
1: this guy and uh, I don't want to say too many names until we have it solid but a lot of people know this guy locally and he's dope as shit and he will put on a great show we love the guy
0: what type of music
1: he's uh, he's a hip hop artist Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. so if that does happen we're going to have my nephew going to have to come on out We'll have him pop off before it's yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, have, and we'll get Briggs out for that one, and that's that's tentatively <coughs> <coughs> it will cost way more money to pay the rock band, yeah, because they're going to need a bigger production.
0: Oh, yeah, mm.
1: oh, yeah, lights, the this, the that, mm-hmm. and um, the other guy, you know, he's a rapper. I would rather come up with half of that money and give it to right. him.
2: Right.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah. Because when we asked him to do it, he was just like, I wouldn't even charge you nothing. Yeah. Because he was like, y'all... But that's going to give
0: major. a major exposure for him too because it's going to... Well,
1: be, uh, here, here's the thing. He played uh, a big art music festival that we put on in Columbus. He played then and we didn't even know each other. Yeah, and our crowd loved him. He didn't know our crowd, and now they're part of his crowd. Mm-hmm. So he's one of them down to earth brothers, man. That just know how to give it back. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear and that. The other guys, I mean, you know, we cool, but yeah, wow, well, man, you gonna hit me with it, comes, it?
0: It comes into budget. So
1: well, um, yeah, you know, and it comes into to people being real about favors. You know what I mean? Because I'm going to tell you right now, those music videos that I did, I could have charged them way, way more than what I charge now.
2: Yeah, we we completely understand that.
1: To kind of, you know, say, hey, like Godfather, one day I may call on to you for a favor. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And because for me, um, that that's a uh, currency amongst friends and family. Is yes. if I got a talent or a skill set yes. that you would normally have to pay somebody some obscene amount of money, it's my duty as your family member or your friend to come over there and make sure you don't you you get some top notch shit right from somebody to know how to do it too. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm gonna put more love into it because we people, you know what mm-hmm. I mean. And uh, if I do that, you may have something I might need to help me elevate my shit.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. So
1: don't be giving me no excuses and shit when I come see you. And it's kind of what I'm getting right now. I'm getting hit with a price tag. And I'm like, listen, man, if we really want to talk about what you owe me for, how much shit I did for you guys. Yeah. I mean, you might as well hand over the pink slips of that Corvette,
0: homie. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, Because well,
1: this we, shit we, don't come cheap, man. You know, I'm just as good as anybody else out there in the industry. Yeah. I may not be on uh, TV shows or some AMC movie, but that's because I'm not in the union. Mm. That's only union work. Yeah. But I'm, I'm not about to join the union and not be able to take non-union work, which has paid my bills for five years, and be in some union and fight 500 other special effects artists for... You know uh the, like uh Paramount, Universal, 20th Century Fox, Disney whatever. Yeah. You know they big movie house like that only put out two movies a year. Right. It seems like it's more but they only put two movies out a year. So I if you on
0: production is huge.
1: Yeah, so if you if you like out in LA, I got dudes calling me from LA going, "Man, how are you constantly working?" How are you constantly doing movies, music videos, this, that? You're all over the place. And Mm -hmm. I was like, dude, I ain't in the union. I will live in L.A. I was like, it's 5,000 of y'all fighting over 25 projects. Yeah. I was like, I'm in Ohio. I'm like, one of the only, there ain't nothing but a handful of dudes even do what I do here.
0: Right. But you've made made yourself a a commodity. So that's the great thing about it. well,
1: and then the other thing, too, is I don't like Hollywood politics. Mm-hmm. I ain't going out there to kiss somebody's ass for 20 years to be an assistant director. You know what I'm saying? I ain't got time for that shit. I can do that shit from right here in Ohio. And I ain't got to pay all those taxes and union dues and this and that and all that shit. I can do it right here. They got the same cameras I do. Look yeah. at this camera. It's 4K. It's on my phone. They what they shoot with all the AMC movies 4K,
2: yeah, it's
1: all 4K, the same resolution. So it ain't even about budget no more. I told everybody this about the music industry years ago. I was like, dude, with iTunes, I don't need a label for distribution. With YouTube, I don't need MTV and kiss somebody's ass at MTV to get radio play. Yeah. I can get my shit put on uh, Pandora. Mm -hmm. I could get all my hits off of YouTube or social media.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, I don't need the radio uh, stations anymore. And guess what? The technology on the computer, back then I was telling them, I go, we got the same digital, it's digital. Mm -hmm. We got the same quality that Dr. Dre got, that, you know, uh, Rick Rubens got, that, you know, Jimmy Iovine got or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We got the same quality shit on our laptops. Half of them dudes are writing their albums on tour in the back of a tour bus on a laptop. Yeah. Well, now I told everybody when I got out of music back then, I go, "You can't make no money in it no more." I go, "If you wasn't already vetted in, it, your chances of anything happening is just a snowball freak chance in hell."
0: Yeah, a lot of them. A lot of them. They they go. Um- they get that exposure from like YouTube and and TikTok and and that's it, that's it. And, that's but, it. and uh, so I
1: told everybody when I got all the music, I was like, "I'm I'm jump- I'm making the jump to movies." I go because the same thing's about to happen with movies. Yeah. I, and then what happened? Four K? They got eight K cameras out right now that cost less than two thousand dollars. Eight K. Nobody needs to be that able-
0: But it's the same thing with a lot of the flat screen TVs that. But 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 you know what, Todd? We digress. So let's 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 jump into this wrap up. No, mm-hmm. so before we wrap up, first, thank you so much for sharing so much with us. There's oh, yeah, so man. much information that people get out of this. But before we before we wrap up, I wanna I want you to shout out your community let everybody know again what you're working on and then i want you to do a panorama and swoop that 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 camera around so we can see all your projects some of the projects and your and your um your b- studio there so i can put this on our our page for content as well okay
1: i'll i'll swoop it around <laughs> but you and all your listeners have to promise not to call hoarders
0: <laughs> and send them
1: over here cuz it, it may look junky as shit, but I need all this shit, man. <laughs> hey, this is organized confusion. I know where every piece of junk in here is.
0: <laughs> so be- but before you show us your studio, give a- give your community a shout out and tell us what you're working on and tell them all the social media platforms that they can find you on. All
1: right. Well, uh, this will probably be our second year Doing art for Hollow Weekends at Cedar Point, which is one of my favorite contracts that we have now. Uh, This will be the second year we'll be fabricating stuff with them. Um, Looking forward to seeing what they come up with this year. Um, So you will see some stuff there. Um, Also, we're going to be doing the Crow Festival in Mansfield, Ohio uh, with the Mansfield Art Center. Uh, we started the first one uh, with those guys last year and uh, we have a cryptid monster called the Birdman of Mansfield. He's like Bigfoot or something. Mm-hmm. So I did a full sculpture there. You go take selfies with it. It's pretty fun. It's part of the Halloween season like a uh, 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 full court press that we're doing in that city to try to build a bigger Halloween community there. Yeah. Um. But uh, if anybody wants to follow us right now, we can be on Facebook. Uh, You go to Facebook, Hunger Holler Farms on Facebook. Uh, My company, personal company, is Steam powered SFX Productions. And uh, on that page, you can see more of the broader spectrum of what my company produces from interiors to... Uh, marketing ideas uh visual communications advertisement design costuming special effects makeup uh fan art do a lot of fan art uh, fine art pieces uh furniture vehicles set design i don't know if I said that already uh, we do a lot of uh uh props movie props um for stuff like uh independent films, uh, music videos, whatever. Um but the website is www.hungerhollerfarms.com.
0: I'm so happy you said www. W W. W W
1: W Yeah look <laughs> and uh, look <laughs> So you go to com. That's right. <laughs> and uh yeah, um, that the website's under construction right now. We have a video production team that's putting together um uh videos for all the interactive links for the website, and then we're gonna we're gonna have a launch for pre-sold tickets. Because we're going to pre sell tickets in time slots, kind of like how a movie theater does. So, this will avoid a lot of waiting in line type stuff. So, people know that they're in a certain block. Mm-hmm. They can show up. Uh, I think COVID kind of taught us how to approach mm-hmm. stuff a little bit different. I don't think it's I any like different. From, yeah, I don't think it's any different from, you know, when you used to have to make reservations to go eat. After COVID, or uh, going to the movie theater, you pick out your seat. You know what I mean. You go to Ticketmaster.com. You buy tickets for a concert for eight months from now, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So we're going to treat entrance to this uh, horror attraction. um, We're going to treat it the same way. So this will cut down a lot of the lines, but we will have same day tickets for you know. There's always going to be people that don't show up. Maybe we could squeeze more people in this hour. And uh, if working a velvet rope in front of a uh, dope-ass nightclub has taught me anything, it always looks good to have people hanging out on the sidewalk going. Uh, Trying to look in. I I know, Todd! (laughs) I thought they changed it. All right, so it is www.hungerhollerfarms.net. Sorry. Got you. Dot net, yeah. I apologize. We we had two oh, hunger. Dot, oh, we hunger had dot, and 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 dot All right, I got it. all right. Give
0: so, us a, uh, give us a swoop of the studio. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, <laughs> and by the way,
1: uh we got this new tagline for Hunger Holler Farms mm-hmm. and it goes uh it's not your grandma's haunted house. <laughs> Because
0: but it, but, it, but a grandpa is still putting
1: monsters in there. <laughs>
0: w, <laughs> w W W w in woo we <laughs> got they can
1: pepper. no but here all right check it out I think this is what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So this is actually a, a clay sculpture here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, look at that. Oh look at that detail, son.
0: Look at that, man.
1: Yeah, so we we take a clay sculpture like this, mm-hmm. and then we run a mold like this. Yeah. And then you fill this with foam or latex, and then you get something like a finished product. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is a goat girl, and this, this right here.
0: Do you give them names, Todd? Uh, loosely. Yeah. But I just you know, just so...
1: If I'm telling somebody, hey, go down there and get grab dope girl. They girl know who that is. Yeah. Right. You go or if I it. say grab chicken man. Yeah. But yeah, this rooster is frightening. Yes, he is. He look like he look got an acne look. He look look like he the book. Look at problem. Problem. Look at the boils and the mucus. Uh, that's
0: what I just said. It's like he got an acne problem.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. They look uh, like
0: it the funny so thing. Gross.
1: There it really, it's really like the
0: <laughs> Stop squeezing it, Todd. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, look. Making my stomach the, upset. You know what that part looks like, Brian? Ah, I'm no,
3: not watching. No, no, not quite. <laughs> go looks to like the, the
2: next
0: ball- piece. Todd. Go to the next piece. <laughs> he's a
3: it's a
1: scr- It's it's a scrotum. <laughs> he's a he's a ball chin-ian. <laughs> <laughs> Hit him in the chin. He's a ball chinian, Jay. <laughs> So, this is actually an animatronic. So, his eyes light up, and then he rocks side to side. He's like, Ugh.
0: oh. My oh, my God. Isn't that cool? And then yes,
1: here's is. some other little things we're working on. I've got these flying monkey mummies.
0: Oh. I uh, don't like the per- way he's looking at me.
1: Oh, uh, look at those eyes. They're haunting.
0: I cannot do this. Oh,
1: here. And then... Uh, we, uh like, the haunted house is going to have, like, various, like, you know, specimens and stuff like that, but this is, uh check these out. These are my melon head baby mummies.
0: Oh, my God. Mm.
1: But check this one
0: out. Why are you bringing so close to the camera?
1: Look, look at this. So you can see the scariness of it all. This is another one I started. But I don't know if you know about the melon heads, but it's a... Uh, it's a cryptid monster kind of myth from Ohio. Mm-hmm. And there's supposed to be these kind of like little kids with deformities. They're feral. They run around. And uh, people sit and claim they see them and stuff like that. But anyhow. Yeah. And then uh, I got this guy. Just my baby hell boy. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. And then uh, I'll show you. Show you one more. You'll you'll like this. Uh you ever you ever seen the movie uh, Mars Attacks?
0: I think I seen the old one. Oh hey, look, at look at that.
1: Yeah, it's got a little bubble on it. I'm doing this painting, it's a fan art piece.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now do do you have pinhead down there?
1: <laughs> uh pinhead is upstairs i believe
0: Pin- pinhead <laughs> pinhead was my grandjoy's favorite she saw it on your social media oh is it mm-hmm. yeah we're doing
1: some new ones uh because we have um <clears throat> we have a show that we do every year called hell city yeah and it's the biggest tattoo convention in north america and we sell a lot of art at that show because uh Tattoo artists tend to have a lot of really cool eye candy on their walls. Yeah. When you're getting drilled. Yeah. If you ever go to a tattoo shop, they always have cool ass art on the walls. And usually it's something eye popping that kind of, um, you know, something you could focus in on while you're getting drilled. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. So get so you I- in some
1: kind of- But here, check that. I want to show you this.
0: This is my last piece. Let me see. That look like a cat. Ah 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 Oh my god. <laughs> no. Mm-mm. That is so nasty. Kids
1: just did that daddy no. baby. That no. bad daddy's little caterpillar slimy baby.
0: Uh-uh. <laughs> He's like a slime boy. Uh-huh. Look, isn't that in that
1: nightmarish? Yeah. Look at that. Little crab claws. Look at the little baby feet. Look, they got real feet.
0: Oh, stop bringing it so close to the camera. And that's his butthole. Thank you. Oh, thank you. That's the, that's the part we needed to see. Speaking, yeah, of, yeah, speaking yeah. of butthole, speaking of butthole, what's the one thing you remember about Mr. Beat? No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm super kidding. What I was going to say is... I'm super kidding. I really was gonna say, "What was your uh?" That my two last questions is, "What ha- what is your favorite coffee or your favorite coffee moment?"
1: Oh, my favorite coffee moment. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, you know what?
1: Uh, I'll tell you the funny thing was. Uh, you know, I uh, my coffee moment. Explain. What What do you make my coffee moment? Meaning,
0: what, your either your favorite coffee brand or coffee. Or a moment that happened that was your favorite and you just happened to be drinking coffee?
1: Mm. Well, I'll tell you my favorite coffee experience of all times. Okay. Is having beignets. I know it sounds touristy, but I lived in New Orleans for 12 years.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. Having beignets early in the morning, on the weekend, in the French Quarter, at Cafe Dumont, they got chicory coffee. It's something you only get there. You know, uh, nobody ever has chicory coffee and nobody makes beignets like my I've people never thought. had
0: an authentic beignet. Oh. oh, I've had people try and make them and I've went to restaurants that they no. they're pretty good, but I've never no. had an authentic beignet. Listen,
1: it, the thing about Cajun. Creole cooking is is the the ingredients are extremely simple like extremely like four four or five different ingredients you know to make something that delicious but um by far my favorite is going there early in the morning because the french quarter is a different animal in the morning you know like in the morning from if you're out, for like your first time in New Orleans, if you're out in the quarter mm-hmm. at nighttime yeah, and then you go out in the daytime, you're like, damn, it only not seem like I'm in the same city almost, because uh-huh. they're out hosing off the sidewalks and yeah. all you hear is like Louis Armstrong playing softly, echoing throughout the quarter from some restaurant that's 24 hours or something, and you know, the pigeons are flying around. The people water all their hanging plants on the balconies early in the morning.
0: So there's like
1: water dripping down off of them. You hear the water dripping. And, you know, the horses are going through with the, with the wagon tour through the French Quarter. You can hear them clip-clopping on the cobblestone yeah. street. Yeah, I I can hear the white noise yeah. of the French Quarter like in my head constantly. Because I've
0: experienced
1: that part of New Orleans so much. You know what I mean? Well,
0: as you're talking about your favorite coffee moment, I think you just explained such a a nice coffee moment. Very super. Isn't
1: that great, though? Yeah, man. I mean, just to be able to drink and then sit there, you know, on the same street Mm -hmm. in a city that was actually a city before the United States was even the United States.
2: Yeah. Mm.
1: You know what I'm saying? Like that, that city is old and you can feel the history and just being able to sit there and drink some coffee that is indigenous to that city, eating a beignet that cannot be replicated anywhere else in the United States and hear live jazz musicians and, and little kids tap dancing. You know, for money and stuff, like there's no other feeling like that. That for me, that's that's like uh, that's my home country. away from home is New Orleans. I've I've never felt that instantly attached to a city that I wasn't born in. Like the first day I was there, I was like,
0: I'm from here.
1: Mm-hmm. You know what I mean?
0: That's super nice. So, Todd. Yeah. As we wrap up, what are some of your what is your parting words or parting advice for our listeners?
1: Um, I guess the thing I've slowly realized in my life it, because I'm medicated now for my ADHD mainly, uh, things are a lot clearer, and I wish somebody told me. Like people always say, if you always try, you'll succeed.
2: Yeah. And
1: that's the, all the advice people ever gave us as youth was always, uh, to me, very vague. Yeah. My my brain would always go, yeah, but keep trying what? And what do you mean by try? Yeah. And when's too much? And, you know, I had too many more questions. Like, don't give me some vague ass shit like that. And that's all we got when we were kids. Mm-hmm. But... You can take that never give up and you'll succeed and get deeper with it by saying when you never give up on something that you know you were put on this planet to do.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: It's better that you don't instantly receive gratification from your, you know, your uh, uh, first go at it. Yeah. Because to me, the reason why people succeed is because they don't give up. And every time you don't give up, you know, every time something just shuts your whole thing down, and you gotta you can either regroup or quit. Mm-hmm. So you recalculate what happened. Right. And then you learn from your mistake. And you're slowly teaching yourself how to be better at whatever it is you're trying to do. And that's what I think it means to never give up, you know, is, you know, you don't just keep banging your head against the wall. You got to really focus on why it was that you failed and try to figure out how not to fail the next time. By doing something different, maybe your approach was well intended, but it just wasn't planned and orchestrated correctly. So you got to go and you got to really soul search and, you know, be humble to yourself and your pride and go, maybe that wasn't a good try or yeah. whatever, but let me see how I could do this better. And then when you keep coming back, and you'll fall again and fall again, but if you keep trying, you know, and you're learning all the time, it makes you the best at what you do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It'll, it'll make it in your, you know. To me, I, I'm not trying to compare myself to anybody. I I believe that I'm the best version of me right now because of that so
2: thank you you have
1: to you, when you it's not just about not giving up it's about learning from your mistakes yeah. accepting that shit, and figuring out how to not keep making those mistakes
0: yeah and that's, and give, that's and giving what, yourself grace along the way not being so hard a on yourself. lot
1: a lot of people
3: go out there and they want to be the best of something but if you're just the best version of you and you continue to work on you and get better and get better and get better mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's it,
1: man. That's it. And, that's you know, um, you just can't listen to people, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't take advice from nobody, you know what I'm saying, because it's pointless because they're not going to be able to, uh, they're not going to be able to put themselves in your shoes uh, 100%. Mm-hmm. They don't know where you came from, all this other mental sidebar stuff you got going on in your life, you, you know, your learning capabilities or regroup, you know what I mean? They don't know all your factors. So that nobody can give you good advice. You have to give yourself good advice, mm-hmm. you know? And the only way you could do that is to be able to analyze yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, when I got into this, I, I knew I wasn't that great at whatever, but I was like, I need to get great. Mm-hmm. So how do I get great? Well, I put myself in classes with guys that were the greats, yeah, and then I take what they taught me, <laughs> add it to some shit I knew from my childhood, some other stuff that I discovered on my own, formatted my own stuff, and then I had to learn how to market it and make it marketable mm-hmm. and make myself marketable and you know and turn my my product into a reality and The only way that can happen, man, is, uh, you know, just self-discovery and uh, self-modification, you know, being humble. And sometimes uh, it's good to, you know, stroke your own ego, not publicly. Mm -hmm. But you know (laughs) what I'm saying? You know what I mean? You don't want to seem like an asshole because then that leaves it open for too many people to be like, well, I don't think it's good. You know, whatever it is. But
0: you know what? But you know what? It's always good to to step up and pat yourself on the back and keep yourself going. And
1: man, you ought to say, dude, if they had cameras in here, it'd be the number one like uh, reality Truman Show type shit on mm-hmm. the, on the internet. Because when I'm in here in this studio and I get done sculpting something, I'm like, oh shit. Oh, yeah thought celebration music. I'm you like, have oh, to, do- nigga. That's cold. That right. is cold. You as have hell. to
0: celebrate yourself. We we're gonna go ahead and. Wrap this up, but I just want to say no have to sell. I want to stay. Well, we're gonna we we can stay after we turn mm. off the recording. Don't but leave man. me. <laughs> I'm lonely. No, you don't. You got all those damn <laughs> monsters around you. You see You're me in, in this messy
1: ass basement with all these monsters. I ain't got no friends, man. I love y'all. Man.
0: But we please don't this, leave me. But we are gonna wrap up. So thank you so much. Todd, we appreciate you so much. I love you guys. We love you too. So
1: Hey, and I I'm, I'm proud of your show. I'm proud of what you guys doing. Keep stabbing. Thank
0: keep you. Keep doing it.
1: Keep Thank doing it, man. You it's love it. good, and, man, I love it's, all the it's guests comments that like you that.
0: Having. It's comments like that that helps us to keep going. Every sometimes we get tired, you know, life, you know, life kicks in cuz we still have full-time jobs, but every time we do this Someone always tells us, "Hey, I listened to your piece on such and such and it was just what I needed to to yeah. get this journey kicked off." So all your
1: guests are banging. I love them. Yeah, they are.
0: Our, we have a hashtag our guests are the best. And, and my newsletter that's going out tomorrow talks about how grateful we are. You know, our our newsletter talks about how grateful we are of our guests because our guests have really we've learned so much from each and every one of them as with you so we're going to keep you on a little bit after i stop this recording because the the grandjoy here wants to see a couple of your pieces so i hate to keep asking you to do that but she wants i want her to see <laughs> the, <laughs> I want her to see chicken pimple chicken man head so chicken man but, head Hang on. but but we're going to wrap up real quick first so thank you guys for listening to our podcast we are time.com www.diverselove.com. We are so excited and so happy that Mr. Todd Reed, Reed a um, movie special effects um, artist has stopped by to, to um, grant us with all of his knowledge, all of his wisdom. We love him so much. Thank you, Tanya, for giving us a little piece of Todd and knowing that you were not on camera tonight, but just know that we love you. We know that you're more than his better half. So we love she you. Is. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But she makes me wear this chicken head to bed. If you <laughs> know.
1: Oh
0: my God. Thank you everyone for, for coming guys. to our house where we share our truth with Todd and Mr. B doing sidekick ish. As we tell you our truth, over
1: coffee,
0: coffee. coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, friends, for hanging with us. We got you. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and also please follow us on IG, Facebook, and Twitter. Our social platform is at Diverse Love. That's D I V E R S E L U V.
3: And don't forget, you can listen to our podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, Google, or wherever you get your podcast fixed.
0: Thank you friends. We love y'all for real.
3: Okay, me. Take us out.
0: It's Trufen Coffee Time. Help me not think
3: about all my lows. Think of who you are sometimes. Girl, you always on my mind looking like it's
1: Trufen Coffee Time. Tell me what you really want to know.
2: Girl, let it in.